Hello, and welcome back to the CUSE Conversations podcast. We are the only podcast being produced by Syracuse University alumni for Syracuse University alumni. My name is John Boccasino, and I am the communications specialist in the Office of Alumni Engagement here at Syracuse University. I'm also a proud 2003 graduate of the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications with a broadcast journalism degree. On today's podcast, we catch up with trailblazing sportscaster Beth Moens. Moens earned her master's degree in communications from Newhouse in 1990, and she also made history as the first woman to handle play-by-play duties for a Monday night football game. Moens, a Syracuse native, has carved out an impressive sports broadcasting career, calling both men's and women's college basketball, along with college football and pro football. A member of the WAER Hall of Fame, Moens was in town recently for the annual Marty Glickman Award. She shares her orange success story as a pioneering and trailblazing sportscaster. We're thrilled here on Cuse Conversations to have Beth Moens here sitting with us talking about her orange success story here at the Glickman Awards at Newhouse. Beth, it's a pleasure to have you back on campus. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And, you know, it's always great to, to be able to come back here and, uh, you know, for the Glickman Award, which is, you know, the highest honor that that we can bestow and, and to see so many great people that come back here and are, are still so involved in, in the university and in Newhouse and and really helping uh, today's students um, become so much better and so much more uh, prepared for their journey ahead. It's amazing. We all have that resource. We all have somebody who lit that fire, that spark that really got mm-hmm. us going towards our career. Who is your biggest influence in your sports casting career? Wow. Um, well, I, I think for a lot of um, women that uh, were coming up, um, coming of age in, in the uh, the late 70s and early 80s, you know, Phyllis George uh, was one of the first women that we saw on TV that was covering sports on the old NFL Today show on CBS. And so that was really the first person that sort of planted the seed that I, that I could do this. And I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be in sports casting. And then really it was just a matter of listening and watching a, a lot of different sports. And it was, you know, people like Marty and then Marv Albert and Bob Costas and, and so many uh, of the Syracuse guys of that generation and Dick Stockton that were doing play-by-play. I was instantly drawn to the play-by-play side of things. And I, I would watch games and realize, okay, well, the analyst is usually a former coach or an Olympic gold medalist or a former all-star. That probably won't be me. But that other guy, you know, I could probably do his job. And so that's how I kind of got into play-by-play. And then just listening to all the greats of that era, you know, Enberg and Summerall and and Keith Jackson and and all those guys. Um, And now it's nice to see there are a few more female voices out there calling play-by-play that – you know, that maybe will inspire the next generation. It's amazing. A lot of the names that you mentioned, of course, were here in Newhouse 3, do happen to have Newhouse and Syracuse mm-hmm. connections. How can you describe what your Syracuse Newhouse education did to prepare you for your career? Well, you know, I, I was actually, um, you know, not really sure if I needed a master's or if I should get out there and, and get to work right away. And so when the opportunity um, arose to be a part of Newhouse. I'm originally from here and I, you know, grew up knowing that this was the Mecca. This was the place to be if you wanted to be a sportscaster. And so um, I jumped at that opportunity to be involved in the very, actually the very first master's program that they ran here. And, you know, it was, it quickly became apparent to me just how important 
this alumni base is, how important the Syracuse name is. You know, even today when you're out on a job, uh, people get sick of running into all the Syracuse alumni that are always on the job. And we're always talking about Syracuse and talking about <laughs> Fagan's and, and talking about Marshall Street. And um, it, everywhere you go, there are Syracuse people in front of the camera, behind the camera, in the production truck, in the studio. And it, it really is a, a conversation starter. Everywhere you go, it's an opportunity to pick people's brains and, and learn about the business everywhere you go. And it's just been invaluable in terms of how much it's helped my career. Give us a little insight, Beth, into your background. What made you want to be involved in broadcasting and sports play-by-play? Well, I uh, um, am the uh, daughter of a a college or a high school basketball coach, my dad, Lenny, um, who is a proud Lemoyne alum. And so we always go back and forth about Lemoyne and Syracuse. Um, And I, uh, my mom was a huge uh, sports fan and I grew up with three brothers and all the little kids in our neighborhood, uh, all the boys and girls, we all played sports and all ran around, you know, all day long until the sun went down. And so (laughs) uh, it was just, it was second nature to me to not only be playing sports all the time, whether it was kickball or wiffle ball, um, to also have a running commentary uh, while I was playing, or I would, you know, play for a while and then I'd, you know, hustle off to the side and and actually start calling the game um, in front of all the other kids. And so uh, that that's really where it got started for me, just up in, in North Syracuse. Um, and, you know, my sports experiences as a kid we're all Syracuse University. And, and so it was a childhood uh, growing up at the Carrier Dome in the old Manly Field House. And um, that, that's really where, you know, I, I was first bitten by the bug and, and knew exactly what I wanted to do. And then what was that transition to get you into Syracuse? I know a lot of people look at education and they might want to go further away from home to develop themselves, but you clearly didn't have to travel too far to get to your college. What made Syracuse University and Newhouse the perfect place for you? Well, I I think it was um, just because you knew all of the people that had been here before from Marty Glickman and uh, Marv Albert and Bob Costas and then um, eventually to um, some more of my contemporaries, uh, When I first started out interning at the local CBS affiliate, um, actually, while I was still in high school, uh, Mike Tirico was working there. And um, (laughs) I was around Ian Eagle, who was, uh, you know, then once I started coming here, I was around Ian Eagle, who was also interning there. And um, so you just you 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 knew this was the place that you needed to be. And also, I think as an added bonus, being close to home, it was really easy for me to get into the market working nights and weekends and summers because I I could still stay at home over the summer and and still work in the business. And and back in those days, it was the old super sports. You know, you you could work on productions uh, while I was still in high school, calling um, local high school events and then a lot of local, you know, Syracuse games, whether it was volleyball um, or basketball or football or lacrosse, uh, you know, a wide variety of things that I was actually able to start calling at a very young age, even before I got here, and then was able to continue it when I was here. We are very blessed here at Syracuse to have a great broadcast school, mm-hmm. two amazing radio stations in WJPZ and WAER. I know you're a WAER Hall of Fame inductee. Congratulations on that mm-hmm. honor. What did you learn at AER and how did that help prepare and play a role in your career development? Well, I think, you know, when you arrive here and you look around that there are so many talented people here and, and they all kind of want to do the same thing that, that you do. Uh, so it can be a very competitive 
uh, place, but I, I think it's also a very positive thing because we're constantly pushing each other. You're constantly um, striving to get better and, and to sort of, um, you know, compare yourself to how everybody else is doing. I, I see the work ethic that other people are putting in. I've got to match that and I've got to try and exceed that and constantly be pushing myself to get better and better. And that was one of the things I loved about AER. You had the experience to get on the air um, and to be a part of Syracuse Athletics and, and to, you know, do what you love to do. Uh, but you also had the sense that, okay, these are some of the, the people too that can help me get better jobs that may be competing with me for jobs one day, that may be hiring me for jobs one day. Um, and it's also important to set up this network of, of Syracuse grads that you can count on and, and uh, sort of bounce ideas off of. One of the best parts, and you brought up the lack of a better word, the Newhouse Mafia, the Newhouse mm -hmm. Connections. We all look out for our own. What led to your break in sportscasting? What role did, did a Syracuse or did Newhouse kind of have in helping you launch your career? Well, interestingly enough, Bob Costas, uh, you know, was the voice of the Olympics back then. And his good friend was uh, Coney Island Dave Cohen, who used to call a lot of local sports here in Syracuse. And um, Dave went off one winter to call the Olympics, the Winter Olympics uh, with NBC and with Bob. Um, and so that opened up the, the window of opportunity for a few weeks or a month or so in the in this uh, winter to take over calling SU basketball games um, and a lot of SU women's basketball games. And so that really kind of got me in with the local sports um, uh, scene, if you will. And I started calling a lot more women's basketball games that that led to a job with the Big East Conference. They were doing a game of the week uh, for the very first time. And that ultimately led to folks at ESPN seeing my work and at that time, there weren't really any other women that were calling play-by-play. -play. So I was able to carve out a nice little niche for myself of calling a lot of women's sports and then having an opportunity to prove myself and then start, you know, you know, nudging people. Hey, how about, you know, throwing me a men's game and let me show you what I can do on those. And so that's kind of how, how everything got started. It's unfair, the question I have to ask you, but you get judged differently being a female when you're calling National Football League games. Mm -hmm. And it's not fair because you know the sport inside and out, but there's people that still have that stigma. They want to hear a man call the sport. How do you fight through that? And and does that does that bother you at some point that there's that bias out there? You know, I, I can honestly say I've gotten great advice over the years and, and I didn't grow up in the social media era. So I, I know it's a lot different for women today and can be a lot tougher to avoid that um, kind of negativity and stay away from it. But honestly, I have been able to just, you know, set that aside. Uh, the NFL a few years ago had a great um, phrase they called, who's, who's in your huddle? And that's kind of the visual I tell people. You know, all, all these other voices, you know, you love to hear the cheering and sure you're going to hear some jeers too, but they don't matter. Who, it's the people in your huddle that you have to listen to. Your coworkers, your friends and your um people in the business that will tell you the truth and be honest with you and help you get better. And it's your bosses and it's the Syracuse community, really, um, that I res respect so much and that those are the people that I'd listen to with the understanding that everybody has a voice, but not everybody's supposed to have a microphone. And I certainly don't want to give them mine by um, buying into all of those opinions that 
quite honestly, they don't matter to me. And so I, I um, you, you hear it. Uh, sometimes it hurts, but for the most part, it, you know, you just you can't let them determine your happiness and determine how you go about doing your job. And you've worked too damn hard to let outside people come in and have any sort of influence whatsoever on where your career is yeah. headed. And 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 it's it, you, you develop confidence over the years. Uh, it's it's preparation and it's repetition. And I know how. I go about preparing for every game, no matter what it is. Um, and the fact that I, I do have a lot more information than the regular Joe. And, and so that's um, something that gives me a lot of confidence to, to go in and just, um, you know, rely on all the great training I've had over the years to call a good game. How would you describe your style of play-by-play, -play, what you want to deliver to the audience? I, I want it to be as conversational as possible. I want it to feel like, we could be sitting uh, with you on your couch at home. I want it to be informative, but also entertaining. You know, have a lot of laughs. We're all in this together and, and we're all having a lot of fun. And I think the, the best way to be able to do that is to be prepared for anything and everything so that when you arrive um, at the stadium or in the arena, you're making last minute preparations, but for the most part, you know, you're, you're relaxed and, and you're ready to have a good time. And I want people to hear that in my voice and in my call. I'm having I wish, I wish you were here with me. Take us back to the very first time you were thrilled. You're blessed enough to call a Syracuse game mm. after you graduated. What was the game? What was the opponent? And, and what were your nerves like? Gosh, I, you know, I've been in this for so long. I wish I could remember. If there's one thing I could tell my younger self, it would be to keep a journal um, and just write down all the places you've been to and all the games you've called. I, I you know, I honestly can't remember um the exact moment, but I do remember um, the emotions. Uh, it, it most certainly would have been a basketball game. And to just be able to sit down courtside, and again, having grown up here, I was in the building when Pearl Washington made his half-court shot. I was sitting up in the nosebleeds with my brothers when the football team upset number one Nebraska. And so all those memories of, you know, steamy September nights in the dome, <laughs> or those freezing cold February nights where, you know, everybody in town wanted to be there for St. John's or Georgetown or BC and to have been in those seats and then to have had an opportunity to be in the, in the seat courtside to bring that atmosphere to everybody watching at home was just, uh, it was just a thrill of a lifetime. It really was. And it still is every time I come back, those, those memories all come flooding back. What is it like you get to come back and to be at the Glickman we're honoring the greatest of the greatest, and Sandy Montag has done a fantastic job with his company, giving so many people a start for their careers. Yeah. You see so many Syracuse alums together. What emotions flood through you when you come back on campus? It, it's you remember your younger self and how um, how hungry you were, how hopeful you were, how you you had your whole career in front of you, and you weren't really sure what path it was going to take or what directions and twists and turns you were going to have to make, you just, you know, you just had that confidence in you that I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to do what I love to do and I'm passionate about. And it, and it won't feel like I've worked a day in my life. And that's kind of the way it feels every time you come back or you remember that kid and, and those dreams that you had and not really sure how you were going to get there, but 
for so many of us, Sandy had such a big hand in helping us do it that it's really cool to to be a part of a night like this with the Glickman. What role did Sandy have in your career? How What kind of help did he happen to provide or guidance or feedback? Well, you always knew that he was there um, and you always knew that he um, had Syracuse people's backs and, and that he was the smartest guy in the room. And so there was always a sense that if you ever needed anything, he would be, be there to help. And then when I did come on um, as a client with Sandy, um, you know, it was a big change in, in my career and a big change in, in, in uh, you know, how much I was getting paid to do my job that I love to do. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I like to say that he, he, not, he not only changed careers, but he's, he's changed lives with all that he has done for um, the university and all of its alums. When you look back on your career so far, is there a game or a moment or a couple of moments that stand out to you as, boy, those are like my highlights. Those are the ones I'm going to be telling my you know, family about for the rest of time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think there certainly a, a couple that stand out with the NFL would be, you know, the the, uh, the NFL on CBS, uh, which is something that I, I grew up watching as a kid and dreamed about being a part of. And then certainly Monday Night Football um, for a couple of years having the opportunity to work on one of the most iconic sports programs in, in history of television, uh, that those those were really special moments. And you knew that there was a, a lot of eyeballs watching you and, and wishing you well and, and um, hoping that you could, at, at those moments where you want to be at your best, you can come through and be at your best. And I was really proud of our whole crew those for those opportunities and those moments and and what we were able to do as a team was uh, th those were really special memories. One of the best parts I love about talking to alumni is the love they have for the current students, passing on advice, helping students get to where they want to go with their careers. What advice do you give to current students, especially who want to get into sports casting, which we know is so competitive mm -hmm. and so cutthroat and there's so many people out there trying to do it? What's your words of wisdom? You know, I always wanted to do this. And, and quite frankly, I didn't really have a fallback position uh, because there will be um, there will be highs and lows. There will be ups and downs. And you just have to keep the faith and you have to keep working. It is a people business. I always remind people you know, you, you have to work the phones or you have to work your text messages and and you have to be pushy at times to, you know, to go after the things that you want to try and get and make those um, connections with people to help you kind of get where you want to go. I, I've never been hired by a stranger. Um, it's somebody that I worked with or somebody that I worked with put in a good word for me or I knew a guy that knew a guy that knew the guy that was hiring, you know, things like that. It, it's all connected and it's all about the people. And the best part is that we, we have the best people here at Syracuse. So you're already ahead in that race. When it comes to your career moving forward, any what's next for you? Are there any big ambitions you want to tackle as far as maybe a sport that you've been longing to get into or haven't had a chance for or <clears throat> a major event involving yeah. sports casting? Oh, gosh, there's always, you know, the Super Bowl, uh, the World Series, the NBA Finals, uh, the Olympics. Um, I, you know, I grew up a huge Yankee fan calling a Yankee game. I uh, grew up a big, my dad, uh, you know, big Irish Catholic family. We were big Notre Dame fans uh, of football. I haven't had a chance to call a Notre Dame game yet. Um, so there's always things out there that, that you want to continue to strive for and, and work for. And, uh, you know, you, you hope you put yourself in a position to be available for those opportunities when they come. Well, Beth, we really appreciate you stopping by here to Thank make some you. time. I hear we have a guy, um, Mike Tarico. Have you heard of him? He Rumor might call some Notre Dame games. He's in the building. So, yeah, maybe that's right. Maybe <laughs> I can sneak in the booth and 
turn his mic off and get in there. We're at the Orange Network to look out for ourselves. <laughs> Beth, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, I appreciate it. My pleasure. You can catch Beth Moens on ESPN2 Saturday afternoon as she handles the college football play-by-play duties when number 18 Memphis takes on Houston. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. You can find our podcast on all of your major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find our podcast at alumni.syr.edu slash Conversations and anchor.fm slash Conversations. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast.